0: Without these qualities, life will be violent, and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the business.
1: Welcome back cryptic fans to another episode of the author's journey with your boy Gary Khan. This week is part two of a two-part series where we were interviewing me. I reached out to the fan base and asked them to ask me questions. They have done so graciously and I am going through as many questions as I can. So This episode is a continuation from last week where I addressed some questions from different fans from around the world. And we continue in that spirit today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Bella from Tsutsumani Village in South Africa asked six great questions. So let's go through them. The first question is, how soon should one wait before publishing the next piece? From a blogging perspective and perhaps also from a writing book perspective. Okay, Bella, there is no right or wrong answer here. You can jump straight into your next story, but understand that most books fail commercially because authors often don't dedicate the time to promote the book in the manner that it should be. Promotions can be a full-time job, but you shouldn't promote to such an extent that you are no longer a writer. This is a tricky balance to strike. So a lot of new authors struggle with this because they either spend all of their time selling the book and not writing, or they spend all of their time writing and jumping into the next story and not selling the book enough. So there's a balance that needs to be struck. For a blog, if you post weekly or daily, that is perfect. Then you need to stick to that schedule, stick to the habit. If your blog comes out every Monday at 5 o'clock, like mine does, then you need to stick to that schedule and you need to work backwards. So when do you need to write the story, get it edited, uh, You know, draft it? change it up, add the bells and whistles to it, and then schedule it. So for me personally, I basically work on the podcast or the blog post on a Friday evening. I edit it on a Saturday when I'm fresh. I add all the little bells and whistles to it, and then I schedule it ahead of time, and then I send it to my media manager, social media manager, and he does the rest with it from there. Okay, so you have to get into a daily, weekly rhythm, whatever that is. OK, so daily is more for the people who have a dedicated blog where they are doing it financially. It's the means of income. Weekly is for the enthusiast like myself. Monthly could be for someone who's doing it as a hobby, etc. So you need to find what time works for you. The key is that you need to have a regular dedicated chunk of time to write your post, to edit it, to do all of that. One thing that I would recommend is to work in advance. You want to be about three or four weeks in advance. And then that also gives you the flexibility to add and tweak and put something new in case there's some world topical thing happening at the time. But it also gives you that buffer for you to take a bit of time off, to have breaks, to think and brainstorm without that pressure of having a deadline, because that could really be a, a, a difficult thing to work under. Great. Bella. second question, how should one entice people? What should happen before publishing? to make sure people look forward to your work and ultimately read it. Okay, another great question, Bella. This is something I wish I knew before publishing. You need to build a following long before you publish. Hear me on this, aspiring authors. So most experts peg this at around 9 to 18 months before publishing for you to build a website and a social media following. You need to be engaged in the different forums where you think your audience Collects online and share the with your fans the progress you are making so that they can get hyped about your book. Do giveaways on advanced reader copies. Get beta readers involved. Do a poll for people to vote on their future favorite book cover of yours. Get artists involved to write character drafts of different things and to do character caricatures and different items. Get your local street artist to do tags in the name of your book to come up with cool and different names and titles of different chapters. This way you're getting your fan base involved and all of it builds up cool hype around your story. And um, I will leave all of this in an amazing blog post from Goodreads. Uh, Put this in the the description below. There's a fantastic case study where an author did just this and they achieved overwhelming success by it. So I can really recommend that process. I wish that was the one thing that I knew before starting my journey in terms of publishing. Bella's third question, if one plans to publish a book, for example, once it's been written, what are the procedures to follow when you're ready to take the next steps, and how do you avail your work on various platforms? For example, what's the red tape involved, I guess? Okay, good question, Bella. These are very complicated questions and not very easy to answer in a short, short podcast episode like this. But um, one thing that I would say is you effectively make the decision to publish, as I've mentioned in previous posts and in previous episodes. You can publish your work yourself on various publishing platforms if it's a self-published platform. You can go through Kindle Direct Publishing, CreateSpace, iBook, Barnes & Noble Press or Kobo to just name a few off the top of my head. I would however recommend you go through a self-publishing company who can help you with the entire process and map it all out for you. Now I used AuthorHouse UK. You can see them in the title of my various uh, the inner covers of my book etc. They did everything for me. They did the cover, they did the ISBN registrations, and they're uploaded to all the different platforms that are available. So I'd highly recommend going through a company like that. There are really good companies out there. But again, a caution, do your research on the various companies, because each one has its strengths and it also will have its weaknesses. And you need to just make informed decisions around this. Okay. Now, Bella's fourth question is, how do you track the progress of your work or book and how it's performing out there? And ultimately, how do you get paid for your work? Now, if I understand the question correctly, there are various metrics that you can use to track your book, but ultimately sales is the metric. Number of people reading the book. I I think maybe I'm confusing it. You can clarify it in a comment for me, Bella, but if you are publishing a novel, you have to sell it as if you're selling any other product. You get, and you get paid. You sell a copy, you get paid. And if you're talking about a blog, well, the blog is just the medium. That's what you have to understand. The blog is not the product or the thing. It's just the medium for what you are going to eventually sell. So it could be ad space that you're selling if it's a blog or a product or a service, right? so that you're promoting from that point of view. So you typically blog about a topic to be seen as an expert in that field, and then from that position as an expert with a large and substantial following, you then sell something. Because people are clamoring to hear your opinion about something, perhaps the advertisers approach you to say, can we sell these things which relate to the topic you're talking about? So if you're talking about financial things, then a lot of big financial companies and investment companies like maybe Rand Merchant Bank will approach you and say, can we give you 10,000 Rand a month so that we can put a big-ass ad over here on your blog so whenever the 500 to a million people who look for your advice come to your page, they see our advertisements over there. And you say, yeah, great, happy with that. Alternatively, you might be selling some kind of financial product or financial service, And so when you write your blog post, that's what you're putting out there. You're saying, buy this product because I am the expert and it will help you in this way. You're selling value, value of some sort. That's the key when selling. Don't just sell for the sake of selling. That's too many um, people selling snow to Eskimos, right? The Eskimos don't need more snow. They need need things of value. So find the value to the what? What is it that your audience finds valuable? Sell that to them, and that's really how you then monetize your podcast from that perspective. Um, so there's a lot more detail involved, but look out for future episodes of my podcast where I talk a little bit more about that kind of detail. Can one actually make a living out of it, or is it a means? Is it just meant to be a side gig? Sorry, and if so, what does it take to get to the point? To that point. Whew. So thousands of people have made the transition from hobby to successful business. And now I'm specifically talking about a blog because I think it's quite clear cut with a novel. If you're an author, sell as many copies as possible, get acclaim, get exposure, you get reviews, you get out there, then Oprah reads your book and then the rest is history, basically. Because if she recommends the book, everyone's going to read the book, your sales will soar through the roof. So we're not talking about novels at this stage i'm assuming we're talking about blogs so from a blogging perspective check out brad merrill's success story on this he also has an amazing blogging masterclass on udemy i'll put the links in the in the description below and what you want to look out for is you know just um building the practice as if it were a business and so you know, Brad Merrill really delves deeper into the understanding around this topic. So I won't go into as much detail. I wouldn't have enough time to touch on it. But um, yeah, there's just way too much involved in, in this answer in the short time that we have. But check out the resources they'll probably send you on the right path. Okay, then Bella's last question is how do you define success as an author? This is a complicated question and I want to delve deeper on this. So I'll answer very quickly, but I want, to, I want to unpack this with a lot of people because I think we need to readjust what our metrics of success are as authors, regardless of whether it's a blog, um, even as creatives who do podcasting, what does success look like? Um, so I think, short answer for me, success is what I'm seeing right now. To me, I'm a successful podcaster because you listening to me right now, that makes all the difference. There are 10, 20, 30 people listening to my podcast a week that were not listening to my podcast a week ago or a month ago or two months ago or a year ago, right? There are people reading my works that I've spent time writing, be it the blog or my novel, and that to me is success. But that's not necessarily what the objective metric for success is. The answer is a little bit more complicated. So stay tuned for, for future episodes where we unpack that one a little bit. But thank you, Bella. I hope I answered most of your questions in the manner you were hoping. All righty. Continuing on with our questions, Greg from Barcelona, Spain asks, how do you speed up and slow down scenes in the story? i.e. fast-paced action versus a romantic encounter which I'm assuming is nice and slow and sultry. Thank you Greg for the question. While there are some age-old devices you can use to speed up and slow down the pace of your story, to speed up a story use shorter sentences, use less descriptive words, keep it sharp and pointed, focus on what the POV character would notice during action. So for example, a soldier is not going to notice how beautiful the green and blue and orange flowers are in the field when he's in the middle of a fight to the death all he's going to feel is the the ache in his left side his ribs the cut on his forearm the punch to his face the blood the taste of blood in his mouth that kind of thing you want to focus the sensations uh, you know focus on sensations sorry rather than on actions so what is the person feeling in the moment and what were they reasonably feeling in the moment? And then keep it short, keep it concise. That just builds that tension, it builds that rhythm. But you also don't want to make sure that you're varying your sentences up a little bit so that it's not becoming monotonous. So though it's short, it's varied, it's, it's still got that edginess, that energy to it. That's how you speed a story up. And if you want to slow a story down, What you do is you use longer, more descriptive sentences. So this is where you do stop to smell the roses. You use figurative language and poetic devices like metaphors and similes. You use all five senses in variation to describe the setting or characters and you sprinkle this out throughout the actions of the characters are making as they interact with their settings. So they're not operating in a vacuum, but they real living characters, dynamic, flowing and moving and interacting and breathing in a living story, right? That's key in this process. So most people try to dump description at the start or end or middle of a particular passage in their story, and you don't want to do that. The key is that you want to sprinkle it out throughout, you want to balance it out there, you want things to be happening you just want the story to slow down, but the plot must always move forward. It can't slow down so much that nothing is happening for a chapter or two. The reader will get bored and so will you. It will feel flat to you and then you'll lose interest, they'll lose interest. So that's quite key. Greg has another question. How much detail is used to describe a scene or character is, can be considered too much or too little? That's a good question. So, Greg, this one depends on your genre. If you're writing action novels, too much description is counterproductive, right? It goes against the grain of the genre. However, if you're writing literary um, fiction, then the whole page or pages or chapters can be dedicated to an in depth description. And that's pretty normal convention. So, what you have to do is know the rules and the limits of your genre and stick to that. Now, I could go into the boring details from an academic lecture perspective on what the different rules for different genres are, but I'm sure you don't want to hear that. I think I've addressed your, your questions, and if you need any further details, you can always hit me up online, in email, social media, wherever. I'm happy to delve deeper into that specific academic, the academic aspects of that answer. Okay, Nemesis1423 from Santon, South Africa asked, If you've been writing for some time and your story keeps evolving, how do you finish the story and publish it while staying true to the evolving story? Now, I've seen this a couple of times. I've been writing the Razdun since childhood, as I mentioned in previous episodes. What I did was acknowledge that I'm not ready and I moved on to the next story I felt I could write, The Coward. So if you don't want to move on and the reason you can't commit is because you're not sure where the story is going, what you can alternatively do is write a bunch of short stories or novellas or novels about the world your story is based in and break it into smaller chunks and then just publish something. Keys, just publish something. Get it out there. The best thing I could have done was publish The Coward, regardless of it being ready or not. It moved me into the next phase of my journey. I can always write follow-up stories linked to that world. So look at Terry Pratchett and the Discworld series. You could write a side plot. Write completely about a whole other novel as a way to introduce your world into a growing fan base and interlace each novel with hints of your main story. So like imagine you wrote your first book about a war between two magical worlds in space. And at the end of the book is where your main protagonist that you're going to use throughout all the different stories arrives with reinforcements to support the losing army. And in that way, the entire first novel is like an amazing character introduction, right? So think about it in that way. You don't want to use two things you can do there. Start writing smaller chunk stories and just start publishing the stuff and getting it out there no point in dragging it over time because if you try to take it in as a big entire thing like as if you have to write the entire Discworld series in one go even Terry Pratchett would never have gotten to that he broke it down into smaller stories and just pushed each one of those out so that's what I'd recommend for you as well I hope that helps you Um, it definitely helped me Marco from Cape Town South Africa asked as an aspiring author How do you respond to harsh or negative criticism of your work? What advice can you give the very human condition of feeling inadequate, especially when criticism comes from those close to you? Ooh, this question is a doozy. Thank you, Mr. Marco. I don't respond very well. I hate criticism and I've always responded to it badly. I lash out. I try to get very defensive. I get very sulky and moody and I'm very aware of it and I'm trying to work in it desperately. I have responded even worse when the feedback has come from loved ones. So my advice to aspiring authors like myself is to grow a thick skin. Know that it is all coming from a place of love, and even if it is not because you got them haters hating on you hard, then just know that it will all help you grow in whichever way, if you are willing to open your eyes to the lessons that it has to teach. Okay. Think about your growth. Tell yourself over and over and over in the mirror until one day, hopefully you believe it. I'm still waiting on that day. But until then, I remember that no feedback is worse. If you have no feedback, you have no way to know whether you're on the right track or not and therefore no way to grow. So don't be too much of a coward. Just take it on the chin, lick your wounds in private and don't ever let them see you bleed cool hope that answers your question brendan from wendywood south africa asks what was the real reason or motivation for writing a book and did it evolve or change along the journey Ooh. well initially i wanted fame and fortune as i mentioned in previous weeks maybe i imagined my writing journey something like hank moody from californication so i love that guy There are still parts of my material being that want those things and who wouldn't but I am in the process of evolving and I kind of just want to write really fascinating stories that are well written and poetic. Fame and fortune be damned. Now I will get fame and I will get fortune in other ways that are far easier but it means that I can stay true to my art And I can tell my stories the way I want to and not worry after making sure they are commercially successful, but rather focusing on the fact that they are artistically successful and authentic to me. So that would be the key, that would be the ultimate for me. Last question for this week is from Julia in England. Hi, Julia. All right. So, Julia's question is What is your discipline about writing? Dawn, night, how much time do you spend writing? Good question. I prefer to write in the evening because I'm a night owl, but I also do like writing in the day because they say do the most difficult things first thing in the morning. So it really varies here and it depends. When we're talking about writing practice, I prefer to do my writing practice early in the morning. So before work, I start work around eight o'clock, you'll find me from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock practicing different things in writing. And what I do is I've built various different practice methodologies for myself and I will be posting an episode around different things that you can do to practice your writing. So I'll take those different things and I'll practice in the morning. However, I typically prefer writing my stories, the actual working of the books, etc., in the evening that's when I find my creative juices are flowing the most. How often do I write and how long do I spend writing? I have about an hour of practice a day here and there interlaced um, either in the morning or in the afternoon depending on how work goes and then I will spend about half an hour to an hour actually writing something. Now it doesn't necessarily always have to be the work in progress that I'm currently working on. But it could be something that will eventually end up there. So I'm busy working on a short story for my website that's related to The Coward. So it is a story, a short story about one of the other characters in that world. So look out for that. Very exciting things coming to the fore in the next few weeks. And uh, that's it. Those are all the questions that I got so far. I, I had... Um, a couple of more come in, but I couldn't possibly do a third episode where I interview myself again. I think two's enough. Thank you very much to all the fans who shared their different questions. I hope you got the answers you were looking for. And uh, man, just note that I probably had the most fun over the last two weeks doing this with you. It was just a fantastic journey. It was amazing to just explore my own psyche and hear the answers be articulated aloud. I think I knew them in uh, inside myself, but it was just great to 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 articulate them. So really, I do thank each and every one of you who asked the question. These last two weeks are dedicated to you, the fans. Love you guys to bits appreciate you as always. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, like it, share it with others who could benefit from it. And if you'd be so kind, leave a review on Apple, Google, Spotify, or any other platform of your choice. Your reviews will help us get noticed in the mainstream. Let's get out there and be sharing this information with others so that they may learn. Connect with me on my socials. On Instagram, it's Real Gary Khan. On Twitter, it's Mundane Enthropy. Facebook, The Real Gary Khan, and my website, TheRealGaryKhan.com. Get in touch with me and keep dropping me different questions that you might have for me. This doesn't mean that it's the end of our time and journey together. I will continue to answer any questions that are posted to me over the course of the year and going on. So I look forward to connecting with you all. Much love and. Ciao